Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Hello and welcome. My name is Sam Worshing, and over to my left on the screen is Benjamin Chase, and we are here with the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Give me two. I don't have my fun soundboard like Mike does. He's not here with us today, so you're not going to get any of the sound effects, but what you are going to get is a great conversation between me uh, and my man, Big Gentle Ben. Uh, Why don't you say hi to the people, and uh, let's get into it. Yeah, I mean... I know everyone's seeing the World Series and thinking we're down to like barely any baseball left, but this is the time of year when you get really fun stuff because we got Arizona Fall League, we've got Winter League starting up, and they're announcing the Winter League lineups for other leagues that will be starting up. This is a fun time of year. This is a really fun time of year, for especially for those of us who love prospects. Also, you start to see those top 10 lists of prospect lists, which is always fun to just dig through somebody's work and go, I agree, I don't agree, but it's fun right. to look at somebody's process and to right. see, start to see that stuff coming around. That's We're not going to be doing that here until at least the end of November to start on our list, but we are starting in November, so we get through it all before the year starts this year because yeah. last year we were running in past over day, or opening day, and we, we want to make sure we're not doing that again this year. So. Right. And that thing about the top 10 uh, lists that are out, are the thing that I'm excited about is uh, in business, they talk about candid conversations where you need to be candid and curious to have those hard conversations. You know, I'm really curious about why I disagree with people. I really want to get into what are they seeing that I'm not, not necessarily to put them down or to diminish the work that they've done. You know, I just, I really want to learn. What am I missing? What's, what's, mm-hmm. uh, what's out there? that somebody else has, because really at the end of the day, you want to get as many different vantage points as you can to understand this game. It's very dynamic. There's a lot of shit happening all the time. And so, like you said, it's, we're in November and there's still things happening. There's still fun happening. So yeah, the Arizona fall league has been going on for a few weeks now. Why don't we uh, start our conversation there? Why don't you talk about 
some of the things that you've seen with the AFL and some of the players that uh, are really catching your eye this fall? Well, I will say this by far is the most pitching balanced AFL that I can ever remember. Uh, usually you get down to the AFL and there might be one guy there, two guys there who who has a potential major league future as a starting pitcher. I mean, a lot of times there's a bunch of guys that will end up having some relief time. But, I mean, holy cow, the 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 amount of pitching, pitching prospects that are there that are legit MLB future starters, that's huge this year. But we're going to start on the hitting side. And one of the guys, the first guy that really caught has caught my eye is uh, Jacob Marzi. Uh, with the with the San Diego Padres, he's an outfielder, ungodly fast. But he had a year that I think most minor league players would just dream of having over this last year. He hit two seventy four, four thirteen, four twenty eight during the regular season, sixteen homers and forty six steals. That's what I mean. If that's your fantasy line, that's a hell of a fantasy line. And the thing that I really liked this year that he did, he walked more than he struck out. And always nice in this game. That seems that, to be a fading uh, attribute of a lot of yeah. players that it's significantly the other way. You look at K minus walk rates, not walk minus K rates. Yeah. So there we go. And, he, and he's a, you know, you know, RIP Govier not being here, but uh, you know, he is a central Michigan university guy. So, you know, from Dearborn, you know, lots of Michigan roots in this guy, but <clears throat> the thing that, to kind of keep in mind, and Marzi has got numbers in all of the stat leading sheets. He's hitting 397 with a 500 OBP so far down in, in Arizona. And he's in the top 10 in home runs. He's the leader in doubles. He's in the top 10 in steals. He's kind of doing it all. But to give a good balance as to what we're truly seeing, that type of player who's leading all these categories is probably a platoon guy. A heavy side of the platoon guy, but a platoon guy because he's he's quick enough to play center but doesn't have great routes. He's got a below average arm. So where does he fit? He's probably a left fielder at best. Um so yeah, you're you're looking at a guy who's probably a fourth outfielder, but a fourth outfielder with a little bit of power and definitely some speed. That's really kind of, you know, it's a fun profile to look at. But, it, you know, I bring him up first simply to because he is, like, leading so many categories right now. And yet that's the type of player you're looking at as far as a hitter down in the AFL. So it's kind of right. just to keep some perspective as we get into things. Um, probably the biggest name hitter that's performing right now is Kyle Manzardo? Yep, out of Cleveland. Yeah, you say that. Cleveland. When he got to Cleveland, he was coming off. He's just had a tough year. He, there's some family health stuff that has really not allowed Kyle to focus this year, and it it sucks. That's part of life. But I think too often as fans, we. We simply don't give guys enough credit for playing through that stuff, working through that stuff, all that sort of stuff. Because that's not easy. 
I mean, no. th- there's crap like that going on with a lot of players that we just don't know about. Um, but, you know, Manzardo happened to get traded midseason as a, in a big trade for for Tampa, and so people kind of focus their attention a little bit on his stuff. Uh, he's leading the league, tied for the league lead right now in home runs. And when he has tapped one, he is hitting the hell out of the baseball when oh, he absolutely. hits a home run. He's, he's go ahead, go ahead. They've they've been. I think he's got three shots that have been at least four sixty five. So out of his five home runs, three of them went four hundred and sixty five feet or further. That's mm-hmm. nailing a baseball. Yeah, but no, and that's you know I think that that's the whole. People got real down about Manzaro's beginning of the season and baseball is the development is not linear and it's really, you know, Yogi Berra said it best, right? It's 90% physical and half mental. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it's one of those sports that, you know, if you're not in the right headspace, you know, you can see it from the outside because it shows in the work. Uh, baseball is a game of failure. Baseball is a game of repetition. Baseball is a game of discipline. And so, you know, Kyle Manzardo had the tools and the discipline. He just needed to be in a space where his head was right, his heart was right, and he was ready to do those things. And I can't wait to see what happens for him next year. I think he gets run at first base in DH for the oh, yeah. Indians and ends up with four to 500 plate appearances maybe by the end of the season. And uh, if he gets you that. Have, you, you have to put a dollar in the jar, Sam. You said Indians. Oh, (laughs) that's that's no, that's that's Michael's joke with me all the time is that I got to put a dollar in the jar now because I feel terrible about that. Dude, dude, I got ten dollars for that. So (laughs) he's he's definitely the Guardians are going to be able to do a lot with their infield and they have a need for power bats, especially. Oh, absolutely. So he's huge need in real life he is going to end up being a middle of the lineup player and uh, you know him and Jimenez and Brennan and some of those other young talents that they have in that offense I'm really you know they had a down year in 2023 I thought they were going to do a little bit better I think we're going to see that come back up for them in 2024 so especially with the young arms they've got absolutely many good young arms it's going to be fun to watch uh so beyond Kyle Probably the best bat-to-ball hitter I have watched at all in the games that I've watched in Arizona is Sterling Thompson. He's a prospect third – well, he's been a third-base prospect. He's playing some second base, which is really kind of good, but he's with the Rockies. And I will tell you, he does not – I don't ever foresee this guy hitting 20 home runs, even in Colorado. But – he pounds the crap out of gaps. <laughs> and if you play in Colorado with that huge outfield and you can hit gaps, this guy could someday have a 50 double year. That's the type of hitter he is. It would not surprise me at all if he gets up to Colorado st- or gets up to the majors still in the Colorado system. He's a 300 hitter that's going to hit just a crap ton of doubles. He may not steal 40 bases. So I'm not sure where his fantasy value is beyond batting average for a lot for you know our five category type of stuff but this is a guy that's got such great contact skills he's going to make the major leagues and he can just he can just flat hit i mean he just he's one of those guys that rolls out of bed and hits a single you know the the whole rod guru profile if you want to put it that way you know rolling out of bed hitting a single so 
Well, I, I want to push back a little bit on any prospect that you say is coming up through Colorado's system and can't hit 20 home runs that has a hit tool. That that is, yeah. it's hard to swallow. Like, yeah. that, that means this guy is anemic at the plate as far as power is when, concerned. But but if, see, he is, he is, if he hits 50 doubles, yeah. you know, yeah. if he hits 15 home runs, steals 10 bases or five bases, but hits 50 doubles and hits 310, 320, you know, catches a little lightning in a bottle and takes advantage of, you know, some BABIP up there in that outfield, then, yeah. yeah, for sure, he could have some real fun value. I mean, Areas had great value this oh, year. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't even have to hit 400. And at the first, if you rostered him the first couple, uh, you know, three, four months of the season, he did yep. a wonderful job for you. Had a little rough second half at the end of the year, but, you know, the point remains, you know, yeah. you didn't have to leave him in your lineup if you didn't want to. So... So, Who else do you like down there? Is it or is that well, the last name that you've looked at? That's the last hitter. Let me bring up. Um, I'm gonna bring up this from Chad. Uh, we're talking about uh, Liam Hicks, and if folks don't know, Liam Hicks went through a streak recently where I believe he had nine had a hit in nine of ten or nine of eleven at bats. Um, absolutely nuts type of streak, but he's been just hitting. Um, and he's, he's always been a bat first catcher. Um, and I, I love the, the profile as a bat, right? Watching, watching him behind the plate is ugly. Um, (laughs) what I will say is Arizona is a really crap place to try to play catcher because you're trying to work with pitchers you've never seen before. And basically these guys get down there and you're coming down in, in the heat of Arizona in after playing a full season of baseball. So your legs, your joints are just going, what the heck? And these guys are just coming down there. They want to make an impression. So they're running freaking wild. And you know, that's, I believe I wanted to say, I was going to look this up here quick. Yeah, the leader in being caught stealing has been caught stealing three times. Uh, and there are five guys who have stolen at least 10 bases in the AFL so far this year. So, like, nobody's getting caught stealing. Those five guys that have stolen pace, 10 bases, only Caleb Durbin, who's stolen 11, was caught more than once. <laughs> I mean, right. when they take off, they're getting, they're getting to second base or to third base, wherever they're trying to take off. So when you start to look at, okay, so how is, you know, a guy like a guy like Liam Hicks going to, you know, play out as a major leaguer. There's some, maybe some David Ross in him that, I mean, he could be a good backup that has a good bat to him and play behind and be, you know, go to a team where a really good pitcher would like a personal catcher. And then you got a bat that can come off your, come off your bench and play some catcher both that's not a bad role and, and quite frankly they the numbers say that about 60 percent of afl guys will play in the major leagues this is a this is a league where a lot of the players here end up in the majors that doesn't mean 60 percent of these guys are going to be starters right but that means that they're going to reach the majors and um well and here's another really nuts stat that afl posted today uh, to start the World Series, the last eight World Series MVPs all played in the Arizona Fall League. 
that's yeah. kind of an impressive streak. Um, but no, Hicks, I, I really like what he's doing. I've watched him at the plate and just, he really looks good at the plate. I don't, like I said, I just, I don't know what he is defensively. And, and if he can be an okay catcher defensively, they're going to find a spot for him, you know, or, or if he can move off of that position, if he can play first yeah. outfield or second, or if, you know, if he does develop with his bat to the point where, yeah, he's our DH. We just had to get the bat in the lineup. But yeah. having a well, having a pathway to playing with your glove really helps secure a lot more yeah. at bat. And so, yeah, I like him. Uh, you know, he's a good name to talk about and one to watch. But uh, I'm with you as far as. Uh, I'm not necessarily expecting it to click, but it wouldn't surprise me completely. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I saw him. He he, yeah." In in, in what he was had the opportunity to do, he was doing it. So, and it, you know, he's he's in an organization where they've got they've got a catcher that's playing DH right now in Mitch Garver. You know, so I mean, you're you're in a decent organization that's been doing that kind of stuff at least, right? Right. So. Uh, moving to the pitching side, and I'll just stick with the Rangers. Uh, probably the most impressive raw arm to watch has been reliever Emiliano Teoto. Teoto, um, and the guy's topping out at 103, uh, breaking off a hard, uh, a a really nice hard breaking pitch. It's just a an absolute ridiculously perfect bullpen combination and you want to find it a place where he could move very quickly into a prominent bullpen role texas is a pretty darn good team even though they're in the world series they're right. going to have lots of spots open because even the guys that they do have in their in their bullpen are all going to be free agents this offseason right so, and weren't, and weren't good their bullpen no. wasn't a, a no. playoff caliber. I mean, they made the World Series, so the, I'm not trying to be, Absolutely. you know, great. But if you were to say anything bad about Texas, it wouldn't be their offense. It would. No. It wouldn't be how they were able to piecemeal together their starting pitching rotation. Their starters were actually really good this year. It was that bullpen, and so I think he's a good name to know. Yeah, and and I mean, Jose Leclerc has been. I mean, really has been as good as he was before injury. Finally, he had a long time dealing with some injuries, mm -hmm. but before he got injured, he was, people were buying all kinds of stock in him and he's just fallen by the wayside in fantasy. Now he going through this so far, he's looked like about the guy that you can truly trust. Uh, Josh Spores has been good, but we saw in the regular season where he was just a stud for about, three months. And then all of a sudden he just went, he, he couldn't get a ball over the plate that wasn't hit out of the park for right. about a month. And, you know, and that's, that's a reliever, you know, it's just the base of reliever. But when those are your two guys that Bochi can trust right now, you know, that it, there's going to be room for someone like Toyota. So um, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And for fantasy owners, it's very rare. I, su I suggest a reliever as a possible hold in dynasty, but this might be the type of guy you do. Right. You know, uh, I thought you were going to lead with uh, Ricky. Uh, Ricky well, Mateen, he's oh, yeah. had, you know, for, for needing to see somebody do something on the mound and needing to see uh, that uh, that player play at this level, you know, he's, he's thrown, his ERA is two and a half. He's, I believe, leading the AFL in innings pitched, which isn't much. It's only like 18, but still... Uh, 
he he also looks really sharp and he i believe is going to be in that rotation uh next year i think he could be that brian Wu from last year where you know somebody who just comes is really sharp in the afl and they're like yep you're ready let's bring you up and i think he might have been there coming out of spring if he doesn't get hurt he is mm-hmm. I mean, th- there are really really good arguments in february over whether Andrew Painter or Ricky Tiedemann was the better pitching prospect in spring training. Right. You know, sadly, we lost both of them this year. But um, one thing I, I, and I, we needed to see Tiedemann get on the mound and stay on the mound. That's been a big thing in Arizona. Just to see him get through 70 pitches is a big stinking thing. One of the things that I'm interested in um, for those, those who watch the show, know the show, uh, Chris Welsh, with uh, has, has has multiple podcasts he's part of. Uh, he's on the Athletics uh, Rates and Barrels Prospect uh, show every week. He's down. In, he's based out of Arizona. He's down in Arizona and does a lot of fall league coverage. And was mentioning on his uh, uh, his personal podcast this week that he was watching Tiedemann and he could predict every single pitch he was going to throw because of the way that he was holding his hand. Now, that's kind of scary. Tiedemann still has a bit of a tough angle to pick up the ball, but if you can predict based on how he's holding his hand which pitch he's going to throw, that's a huge tip, and major leaguers are going to eat that right up. So, now, that said, he's he's had the success he's had in the fall, even with that, because I'm sure if... If Chris Welsh is picking it up, you know the major leaguers down there and the minor, you know, and the coaches, you know that they're picking it up. Well, that's so that would be my question, and, and not at all to throw shade at anybody mm-hmm. about that, but it would be, you know, we are so, as much as we are part of what's happening with baseball and we observe it and whatnot, we are still so far removed from some of those people that are, are running those front organizations that are, mm-hmm. are a part of the AFL. And if, Tiedemann is tipping his pitches so that somebody in the stands can guess his pitch every time, then I guarantee you every batter at that plate, like to your point that everyone knows what's coming and that almost makes it scarier that it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw it right there. You, you know, what's coming, Let here we go. So I, I think that that's Chris's comments on that were in response to Keith law. It, basically wrote up an article where he he called Tiedemann a non-prospect, well, a non-starting prospect, that he was likely his role was going to be a future reliever. And, well, he might end up as a future reliever. A lot of guys who come up as exceptional starting prospects turn into good relievers in their career. Right. But you can't put that on him right now because, for one, this guy is still working his way back to pitching a full time on the mound full you know two three times or two times through a lineup for sure and you can't put that on him yet let's see what he can do once he understands because i will guarantee like i said if chris noticed this in the crowd more than likely somebody else did and they're talking with him about it and they're working on it but also he's got a funky angle and all sorts of things that shoot they know what's coming and they still can't hit it you know so let's Watch and see what he's doing, but man, he's he's definitely put himself on the map for spring with the way he's pitched so far. 
Right. Um, another guy who's done that is Davis Daniel in the Angel System. And Davis is, uh, was the first one to put up a 10 strikeout game in the Fall League this year. I guess I haven't noticed if anyone else has had a 10 strikeout game yet. Uh, but he's made, you know, tossed 16 innings over three starts. But his stuff is just so wicked to try to hit. And it's nothing. He's a guy that throws two shapes on his fastball, so a total of five pitches, if you want to put it that way. But five pitches, and none of them are really elite. You know, they're all good. They're all good pitches. It's just a matter of when he locates all four of them, he doesn't have a favorite. And so that's what really makes it tough as a hitter to go up to the plate, not knowing if he's going to pound me with fastballs and change-ups, if he's going to toss a whole bunch of sliders at me. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. And that's what he's showing. Uh, He got all the way up to the majors and pitched a little in relief this year. But it would not surprise me at all if Daniel is competing for a rotation spot in the with the Angels this year, especially if they choose to kind of blow it up if Shoei signs elsewhere. When? When? When yeah, Shoei signs in Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to say it with a straight face. I just yeah. I had to. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's bring in – Chad made another comment, and this is actually a guy that probably a lot of folks are kind of curious on. Um Jacob Berry, he was the, I was just looking this up, the sixth overall pick in the 22 draft out of uh, LSU. And I I know a lot of people thought at the time that that was an overdraft, that he really wasn't the sixth best player in that draft. But even then, and he really underperformed coming out of that last year. I mean, just struck out, a you know, did not look good. And kind of had the same thing happen all year long. This is a power hitter, Sam, who in 107 games hit nine home runs. That doesn't sound like a power hitter. No. And, and uh, you know, a guy who is not known for being fleet of foot at all stole more bases than he hit home runs. Had eight triples, almost had as many triples as he had home runs, you know. And this is, like I said, you want, look at him right now, you'll see he's still not in exactly great shape. Um, but he has come down to Arizona, and the the eye is still not great. He's walked five times. He struck out 16 in 59 plate appearances. So that's, let's say it's about a 25% strikeout rate, but that's, that's not going to kill you. You'd like to see him walk a lot more, that's for right. sure. But sadly, that walk rate, five walks and 59 plate appearances, is about double what he did during the regular season. Okay. Um, so walk rate-wise, it's a lot better. But he's getting to his power. Um, you know, just two home runs, four doubles, but his outs are loud right now. And that's, you know, I don't know if he's going to translate into a 30 home run hitter. Like some people were hoping that he might be a bad average 30 home run guy. This, you know, and especially playing in Miami, that's not going to be a good situation to do that. And he's still not a great defender at third base. So he's likely going across the diamond, which is going to put even more pressure on the bat. But 
he's at least showing some progress, which nobody saw this year. Nobody saw freaking progress out of this guy. So to have him make some is a good thing. Right. Well, I don't think he's going to end up with 30 home runs a season. I don't think he's oh, going to no. end up as a, as a regular at all. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I think Jacob, you know, he, he could, he could turn it around, but I don't, I'm, I, as a fantasy uh, player, I'm going to watch him on some other manager's roster. I'm not going yeah. to be the one that, you know, has him in there. So. We have commercials coming up for you next year on the Palazzo Podcast. But after the break, Ben will tell you why you never go to Cedar Point without Gold Bond Medicated Powder. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But, you know, he's having a good AFL and who knows what could happen. He, you know, n- you never know. Yeah, and that's just it. So, well, Sam, I think we're going to move off of Arizona and okay. start talking a little because this last week started the uh, Dominican Winter League. And yeah, you know, yes. for those for those who don't know, if you go and buy the MLB TV postseason package, you also get the Dominican Winter League on that. So you can watch Dominican Winter League ball games all winter long, which is awesome. And then also, that same package will get you spring training games. So it's. It's a $25 investment that I usually make. And especially now that I don't have like cable or uh, dish or anything like that. So I can't really watch the world series without it. Um, right. That's, that's become a needed thing for me, but I am looking forward to watching some of the prospects that got down there. Pipeline put out a, an article this week, highlighting a lot of the prospects that are down there. Including um, my favorite po- prospect in all of baseball. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, classe. Oh yeah, man. That, yeah. that kid, his yeah. hit tool is come around and is for real. He has some power. He's got eighty grade speed. That kid is confident. That kid looks like he's one of the best baseball players on the field. Anytime you line him up, and I haven't seen him shrink at any of the moments. It took him a little bit of time to get used to Double A, yeah. but he was uh, aggressively uh, promoted at the beginning of the year. And once he got Double A after the first, uh, you know, half of the season, there he really turned it on at the end. And I'm looking forward to him having some fun this winter down in the Dominican. I love yeah. Jonathan Clase. Probably, if you want to go for pure overall athleticism in the minors, he's in the top five. 
Oh my know, God. He, that guy is just know. such a spark plug. Oh, so, I mean, it's, he's tiny. He's short. I don't mean to say he's tiny. <laughs> he's, he's short, but he is so thick and athletic and just, mm-hmm. oh my God. I, th- I think of like uh, Jose Altuve, that, that, that pocket that version knows. of just, oh my God, you did what? You hit 30 home runs? How did you do that? I, I could see Class A, and I, I hopefully that's not, you know, uh, helium or rose colored glasses or anything. But I, <laughs> now, I and, and he's, he's listed at 5'9. I think that somebody had him put on some uh, platform shoes to get that at a height reading. Yeah, 5'8, um, 5'7 five, five, and a half. Yeah. I'll give him 5'9. Yeah. He can say whatever height he is, man. I'm yeah, that's just fan. I love that guy. All in. So, but um, you highlight some other names. Uh, yeah, down. <laughs> and, and I, I do to cover like my uh, But the guy who I'm going to lead off with is one that maybe a lot of people have written off, even though over the last three years now, nobody has hit more home runs in the minor leagues. And that's Relvis Mar- uh, Martinez in the Blue yeah. Jays system. Um, 28, 30, and 28. Those are his last three years' home run totals. Mm-hmm. But he also hit 203 last year. And so <laughs> a lot of people kind of ran away from that. And yeah. he's he had a big strikeout rate, you know, all sorts of things. That got a ton better after June 1st this year. He hit, I think it was 275, 270, right in that range from June 1st on, and that includes 55 games in AAA, being bumped up to AAA. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that power came in the second half of the year. But what's, to me, most impressive is the strikeout rate was was manageable. It's still high. And it's he's such a big swinger, it's going to be high. Yeah. But we're talking about a guy who's less than six feet tall and generates enough power to where he is hit, you know, I'm doing math in my head here, which is probably not good for my brain. Uh, 86 home runs in the last three years. Yep, 86. That's no, I incredible. I liked him for a couple of years. He was, uh, you know, a name to look at back in 2022, the beginning of that season, I believe. And so that's when he was on my radar. I'm, I'm also, you know, I don't feel like he's going to end up being a regular major leaguer, but I'm really rooting for him because he could be a lot of fun if he figures mm-hmm. out all he's got to do is hit 250 and strike out 25 to 28 percent of the time like yeah. uh, he's just got to get those numbers and you could see, he would be a legit 30 home run hitter you know he he would really be somebody who you could count on for that so and so one thing that to keep in mind as you're watching these winter leagues oftentimes players are sent to work on something specific um, Martinez played around the infield all year this year. He has played nothing but second base in the Dominican so far in five games. Where do the Blue Jays probably have their biggest hole in their offense right now? It's second base. Yeah. So, I mean, he wants to step right in and get that spot. And good Lord, put another big bat into that lineup, which, of course, this year they had big bats that didn't figure out how to hit, but that's a whole other issue with Toronto. But, you know, if you can provide that kind of a stick. Now, the guy who he has reminded me of, and I've said this for a lot of years, and, of course, right now this sounds like a really weird comparison, but he reminds me so much of Adolis Garcia at the plate. 
just that attack the crap out of the baseball yeah. that you yeah. go up, you look for something, and you attack the crap out of that something when it comes. And when he does that, he does really well. It's a big swing. So is Adolis's. And folks forget that. But then Adolis goes on a tear like he did during the ALCS, and no one really cares that right. he never walks. <laughs> you know, well, he, he 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 figured something out. He was beat. He had been DFA a couple times, I believe, or released by or like. It shows you how non-linear that development is, and he just kept at it. And I, Adelise is just uh, Adelise. I love that guy. Like he is watching his swing. It's so violent. It's so oh. he, it, he's literally committing everything to it. And it was, you know, watching Houston, you know, piss that guy off. I was like, oh, smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, smart. You know, you're going to pay for that one. That's but- smart, man. <laughs> The biggest thing to me about Arelvis, the guy is still 21 years old. Right, right. For like three more weeks. I mean, he's going to be 22 next year, but I mean, he has played AAA time and he's 21. Yeah. That's, he's very, very young. And I think people forget that when they start to evaluate whether, you know, what caliber of player he is. Yeah, he may have had struggles, but he was having struggles in double A. You know, his struggle year last year in double A, he A, he hit 30 home runs, but B, he was 20. <laughs> you know, he was right. 20 in double A and hit 30 home runs. I don't care if he hit 200. That's a huge step developmentally. If he's got to spend an extra year or two in triple A to iron out some things, he's still going to be. Oh yeah, three twenty four. You know, he comes up in twenty twenty five. He's twenty four. Yeah, going into the season, you know, and that's still two years. And he was a prospect for how long? He's going to have. Yeah. There's a number of people that play dynasty that are going to get off on him if he doesn't make the club this year. He is mm-hmm. somebody who I would love to stash again. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's going to come about, but he is. He's one of those players that he's got enough. He's got enough of a, a power tool that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so the other guy, speaking of power, good transition, you know, uh, Alexander Canario with the Cubs came yep. up and pissed me off because they didn't play him. I wanted to see how he could handle major league pitching. And they basically gave him about five at bats and said, well, that's enough of you. You can stay here for three weeks, um, which for one thing, they're burning rookie eligibility time when they do that kind of stuff, which right. is dumb. But, um, yeah, but, okay, so he got six games to play in the major leagues. Can you take a wild guess, Sam, what his slugging percentage was in those six games? Oh, man. Well, that has to be the ultimate small sample. Oh, yeah, absolutely. From. So, okay, six games. Did he start all six? Or did he get, uh, like, 15 at-bats total? 17 plate appearances. 17 plate so, appearances. So I was close. I'm going to guess his slugging was around 700. You're actually not too far off. 647. He hit 294. Okay. Now, didn't take a single walk, and that's not his game. But this is a guy who, in the minors this year, I was really impressed with his growth, especially he was in double A when they had that tackified ball, and it just – you could tell it wasn't his game. You could just tell it wasn't working for him. And so then he ended up coming back and 
He crushed AAA baseball for a very short time and then got up to the majors. He has come out and, you know, granted, we're, we're talking about the same length of a sample size, six games so far. But six games down in, in the Dominican so far, he's walked three times and struck out four times. So he's keeping the strikeouts to a pretty darn reasonable rate, and he's walking more than 10%, once again, six-game sample. But I will guarantee that is what he was sent to go do. Right. Is go learn the zone. Do not swing at crap outside the zone. And that's that's a guy – I'm sorry, put him into Wrigley Field, and that's a 30-home run threat. That's a, I mean, the power that he legit has – could be a 30 home run hit threat in that ballpark. So. Now, do you see the Cubs using him as trade bait? I, I think the Cubs are ready yeah. to make some moves on some players this yeah. offseason. They seem like uh, they're a little itchy. So uh, I don't know if he ends up in Wrigley next year, but he, he if he ends up anywhere fun, he absolutely could be a 25 yeah. to th- even 35 home run hitter. You know, if he learns a little think- bit of patience. I wouldn't be surprised this offseason if they try to spin guys like Matt Mervis and Canario. And I mean, they've just, they've kind of got a boatload of guys at AAA or AAA slash major leagues that fit a similar profile. And where are they going to play them all? And right. so um, I know that uh, Morell was sent down to the Dominican. I have not seen what position he played. There was a lot of speculation from Cubs guys that he was going to end up playing a lot of third base to potentially take over that position next year, um, which would end up opening up more outfield time. That would be huge for a guy like Canario. Um, But then you still have Pete Crow Armstrong. You still have, I mean, you have some legit guys. Ian Happ is still there. You still some darn good ball players that are probably better defenders than Canario, even if they don't have the bat that he does. And so you you got to prevent runs just like you got to score them. So you can't, you know, I think the Phillies found out in the final two games of the NLCS that you do have to stop the ball from moving through the outfield, through the infield, as well as hit it. Um, you know, that. It's, Those are a couple it, rough games for Phillies oh. fans. Yeah. And Did Mad Dog retire? What's Did that? he retire? Did Mad Dog Russo retire? He said he was going to no. retire if Arizona came back. God, wouldn't the, I mean, that's really what we did. That was the blessing world. for everybody that I was looking <laughs> for. That was, was a miracle that little Timmy wanted. Yes. And, you know? and he, he basically came out and said, well, gee, this didn't go the way I expected. And so he's back, which, no you know, nah, don't, don't make, you know, hot take comments and expect to, you know, that you're not going to get called out on them, but right. you know, that's, that's right. his career really. Um, so I'm going to pop one more. I got one more to talk about. I'm popping this just because this is something to remember with winter leagues. Um, there was just a note. I'll bring this up. You know, Chad's mentioning Tatis is going to head down, play some games down in the Dominican. Uh, I know Jose Ramirez is playing in the Dominican. Um, there's just some news that Ronald Acuna Jr., even after he had a bad situation last year with his family in Venezuela, is going back to play in Venezuela this year. So <clears throat> these guys go to these leagues and a lot of times show out. You know, you, you'll get some legit major leaguers. I will tell you, last year 
I watched Marcelo Zuna absolutely pepper a guy who was throwing 99 all over the outfield wall. And I went, hmm, there might he might have something back in his bat because he was struggling with velocity bad in 22. And look at what he did this year. You know, it took him a little bit to get going, but he came out and ended up with a 40 home run season. And as you're watching that, yeah, that's a big league guy in the, you know, Dominican Winter League. But once you see that they can do that, that's, you know, these are guys that sometimes it's just a matter of they got to get that confidence back. And once they do that, then they're in great shape. Um, So, you know, watch for these major leaguers and see what they do. But also understand a lot of times they're going there to work on something. So they may not be down there crushing baseballs. They may be down there because they want to see as many sliders as they can. And I will tell you, there are major league players that go down there and tell the other team's pitcher what they want to see. And because they're so stinking famous down in Latin America, they're able to pull that. That guys will pitch them, oh, you want to see sliders? I will give you my best slider over and over and over again. Hit it. Yep, they know what's coming. They got to make contact on it, and it's a good for, for some of these major league guys. That's a good test, but at the same time, watch it, see what they do, because a lot of times they are working on something. Right. Um, the other guy I want to mention was one of the guys. A lot of people are disappointed in St. Louis with the return that they got on their trades for Jordan Montgomery and. Jack Flaherty and the guys that they traded off, they kind of said, geez, we didn't get anybody overwhelming. I thought they got a lot of really good future major league types. And we all know what St. Louis can do with a future major league type. If you get a Matt Carpenter, you get a Brendan Donovan, you get some of these guys that is their profile is like, oh, that's a that's a fringe major league guy. And they turn that guy into an all-star freaking player. And the guy who I really was interested by was Cesar Prieto. He's a Cuban signee by the or by the Orioles when they first kind of got back into the international market. They've been out of it for a long time. And he has done nothing but freaking hit. And I don't know that he's a tremendous defender. He's going to likely play all around the infield. But this is a guy who hit uh, – Look at here. For in the minors, he's hit 299 in the minors over 238 games the last two years, with the majority of those games being in the upper levels in double A AA or triple A. And maybe a 10 home run bat, not a ton of speed, you know, just kind of that everyday Eddie type of hitter. But he, I mean, gets out of bed, he hits the baseball. I He's going to be down in the Dominican this year. I really think he's a guy to watch for a potential bench role with the Cardinals this coming year. I think he could end up taking over a bench role. And on that team, if you're on the squad, you're going to play. I don't know why. They do a better job getting to everybody, which sometimes pisses off certain players because they're like, hey, I should be starting every day. And then they don't get it like Tyler O'Neill. Um, but that yeah i could see prieto doing some really nice things in in st louis this year yeah i'm real interested about st louis i have a slightly different read on them where (laughs) it's felt like a little bit of a log jam you know i'm Mm -hmm. i was really in the last couple years on juan yapez and i thought that they were going to give him a lot more run uh last year lars newt uh 
you know, a couple of years ago wasn't as heralded as he's become and has shown mm-hmm. out. You know, he went from being a good prospect to a good, great baseball player. He hits the ball hard and a ton, and I'm real interested to see how his playing time shakes out. So they also, St. Louis also seems to trade a lot of really good major yep. league talent out of their minor <laughs> system. So yeah. this is may, somebody you may see blossom on a different roster because of that log yep. jam. Uh, but St. Louis, uh, I think I th- the thing we agree on is universally they are really good at uh, identifying talent. They yeah. have good talent playing for them, and they've traded away good talent. And so somebody there in the last 20 years has been really good or a group of people, you know, yeah. keeping the pipe full and the major league uh, roster stocked. So, uh, you know, I know they didn't have the season that they were looking forward to uh, this year that, you know, they wanted after the great 2022 they had, but uh, we'll, we'll see how 2024 yeah. goes for them. I think this is yeah. going to be a, a find out. Uh, they may end up moving on from players if they don't have a really strong April. Yep. And, so I, I could absolutely see that with that team. So yeah. the last league that I want to highlight, we mentioned the Venezuelan league and there, there's also a, a winter league down in Mexico. Um, don't drink the water. But the the last league I want to mention is the Australian Baseball League. And that league in the last few years has had some really elite prospects come through it. Ronald Acuna Jr. went there before he had his big breakout in the Brave system. Junior Caminero went there this year before he really blew up in the Rays system and got all the way to the majors. There's not a guy like that that I see in the, the rosters that they have this year. But... One of the guys that really intrigued me last year is uh, he's, oh, what is he? He's 19, just turned 19. And I am going to absolutely butcher this poor guy's name. He's from New Zealand. His name is Nikau Pawaka Grego, I think. (laughs) So, but he is an infielder. um, And they said from New Zealand. And at 17, hit 301 with a 424 on base in the complex league. Which then, organization is he in? For, for the Phillies. Okay. For, in the Phillies. And and then he ended up getting hurt last year during winter ball, and it cost him all of this season. But he is now healthy again and going to play winter ball down in Australia again. And so, you know, this is kind of playing at home for him. Um I think he probably works better at second base just because he's five foot nine. So having a five foot nine guy try and play third is not so great, but he's got the arm to play third. Um, it's just really an intriguing guy. And to me, that might be the guy that comes out of this and becomes a legit prospect next year. Like a guy that we're talking about on the you know fringes of a top 100 list as a 19 year old, as he's playing through probably single a and maybe even getting to high a but that's the type of excitement down in australia but i'll tell you it's a lot of fun to watch those games i don't know the korean guys that are going there as well as i maybe should but they have an entire group of korean professional players that go there and a couple years ago um oh my goodness i'm my brain just lost the name the guy that's going to sign from korea this offseason i think Kim is his last name. I think it's like Jung Ho Kim or something to that effect. 
an infielder from Korea that's going to be a big signee this year in the offseason. Um, Jung-ho Lee, that's what it is. Jung-ho Lee is okay. the guy that I'm thinking of. And he's, um, I want to say two years ago, he played down in the Australian League for a bit. But, I mean, that's you get to see some of these guys that you might end up seeing come over to the majors from Korea as well. And I'll be honest that I'm not extremely well-versed in those names. Uh, so the other fun part is if you happen to be up with a child at, like, 2 in the morning, you can watch some live Australian baseball, you know? Right. <laughs> but Or or you could come to the Arizona Fall League and have a conversation hey, there with you go. Cloud. I'm sure Tim McLeod knows uh, everything that's going on over in the KDL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I think that would be a good transition for some trouble that we get to cause down in Arizona. <laughs> uh, yeah. So our humble podcast was uh, chosen by Baseball HQ to be one of the live presenters uh, on Saturday night at 9.30, I believe it is, 9.30 or 9.45. It'll be uh michael govier and it'll be Britton allen and it'll be myself all three of us will be down uh at uh fpaz 23 so if you uh still have an opportunity to book flights and get a hotel room please come to arizona mm -hmm. it's the most fun i've ever had you are surrounded by hundreds of people that want to talk to you about fantasy baseball, want to talk to you about the rosters you have on your phone, want to talk to you about prospects. You get to go listen to really smart people who have done <laughs> tons of research yeah. and analysis, have conversations and arguments and disagreements with other really smart people that have also put in a ton of work in the same way. And it's just, and everybody that I met last year, last year was my first year. Everybody that I met last year was super awesome, way fun. Uh, it's it's the go-to thing uh, for fantasy baseball if you have an opportunity. So uh, if you can't come this year, go next year. But this year, uh, if you go, you can be in the room when me and Govier and Britton all have a conversation about baseball. They have live drafts there. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to go see the Arizona Home Run Derby and the Arizona uh, Fall League All-Star Game. There's other yeah. games that you get to go to. There's this, got to shout out the Hen House. There is a restaurant across the street uh, <laughs> over the little pond or man-made lake that they have uh, from the Marriott where the Cubs complex is where they have uh, this thing. Uh, the Hen House breakfasts are legendary and delicious, so... Uh, we're going to be doing some things. I've, I'm going to be handing out uh, some some things on uh, out there at FPAS. I've got dog cookies. Uh, in real life, I have a, a dog bakery, and we're going to be handing out little baseball dog cookies for your dogs to take home if you're an attendee. Uh, and then we've also got uh, a special giveaway that we'll be doing. So just be on the lookout for that. If you are a participant in FPAS, come up to me and ask me what's special giveaway you'll get something for sure. So, and yeah, I got to preview that they're, they're, they're going to be awesome. So they're, fire. they're just fire. So do you have anything else that, uh, no, you did, you, else? Did, did you see this comment here, Sam made me giggle when he did, you know, <laughs> was a good time. Yeah, Santa Claus on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's actually, uh, <laughs> I grow this because I'm a real beard Santa in a couple weeks. This is all going to end up being super white and, 
<laughs> Stop it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I th- I think this is great. And this is gives everyone a good like a good hint at what's going on in Arizona, a good preview for the winter leagues. Folks, we're gonna be back. I'm working on some stuff. I have not gotten a player lined up for Arizona. Michael and I really want to do like we did last year with Justin Henry Malloy and find somebody who wants to chat with us and talk about life. Um, a player that we can find down there. And uh, and then, like I said, end of November, I think, is when I'm trying to line up for the first uh, big three, next three, and we start going through all the systems again. And so it'll be a good time every week around here for the rest of the offseason as we talk prospects from a particular team. So, Oh, my God. more We, we get to talk more about baseball. That oh. sounds that sounds wonderful. <laughs> do, do we ever yeah. really stop? Right? Well, I mean, it's a year-round thing for a lot of people, yeah. you know, and that's the the blessing of it. I understand when people need to take a, a break. Like, uh, you know, if you were plugged in for all seven months of the baseball season, mm-hmm. preseason, and then the six-month grind, you know, I understand needing to take a break. Um, but – I, I'm happy to talk baseball November, December, January, February, March, <laughs> April, all the months. So, yeah. uh, well, hey, thank you for being a part of the Palazzo Podcast Prospect Power Hour. Two L's and two Z's. Again, over to on my screen as you're looking at it on my left. Uh, we've got Big Gentle Ben. We've got Benjamin Chase, the man, the myth, the legend. And, and I'm over here. Uh, I'm just Sam. So, uh, you can find him at Big Gentle Ben on the Twitter and me at SamFBB1. Uh, as always, my DMs are always open. If you want to talk baseball or you just need to talk about life or vent or complain or whatever, you know, I'm always here. So there it is. All right. Peace and love. All right. All right. We're out. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the